Father, we do thank you for this morning, and we would ask that you would open our hearts, that you would give us ears to hear what you have for us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. It's interesting that uh, in the study of Scripture, we get the general will of God given to us, boundaries by which we live that keep us safe. Uh, some people look at that as restrictions, you know, uh, oh, the Ten Commandments. And, you know, if you have a problem with the Ten Commandments and you get to the New Testament and there's over 900 commands, you've got a big problem. Uh, but the commandments of God, and uh, they give us the general will of God written in his word, are a safety net for our lives. And it's this will of God that is often elusive. Not his general will, but the specific will. I get questions like, oh, should I take this job? Should I marry this person? You know, should I go to here for vacation? Should I, should I give to this person? Or, you know, it's the specific will of God that seems elusive. The general of God is not a problem because it's written for us. And, and uh, uh, so this morning I want to get to the specific will of God. And, and how I do that is, is by looking at the scripture as a whole and how those of old found the will of God. It didn't seem too elusive to them. Actually, Isaiah in chapter 8, verse 11 said this. Uh, he said that the Lord spoke to him with a strong hand. And, and what that means is that God spoke to him through his circumstances. Ooh. Okay, that, that gives me a little hope because we're all in circumstances, but I often don't see my circumstances as a hand of God trying to speak to me. And yet, Isaiah said, that's how God spoke to him, with a strong hand through his circumstances. You know, we're often looking for that still, small voice that, you know, oh, speak my heart, oh God, speak my heart. And then we open our eyes and there's a billboard right there and you know, we read it, and, and I've actually had that experience where I was, I, I was really asking God about a question, and, and I was on the freeway, and I read this billboard, and it just jumped right out at me. And through a circumstance, reading that billboard, I found God's will, a circumstance. And you look at how God speaks to people through Scripture as a whole. You know, Moses, you know, and the Israelis got the, the cloud and the pillar of fire. And then, you know, one time at the mount, uh, when God spoke, Israel told Moses, don't let him speak again because we actually heard him this time. Have him just speak to you. So, you know, for those just seeking his voice, it could be an awesome experience that causes you to say, Lord, use something else. Because your voice just is so awesome and so majestic that we can just melt from it. And, and look at Daniel. How did God speak to Daniel? Well, through dreams. Joseph, through dreams. They found God's will through dreams. You know, but yet in our, in our Christianity today, we tend to really hone in on, I want God to speak to me. I want God to speak to me without understanding that he's speaking all the time. This is why Jesus said, to him that has ears, let him hear. You need to adjust your hearing because a voice of God is delivered in a multitude of ways. 
you just need to to hear it you know and then you go to the disciples and and uh, I mean they walked with the Lord so they could hear and then uh, he's gone then he's resurrected then he's ascended and their experience with the voice of God or with the will of God for their lives came by uh, an event uh, in the book of Acts, we read that, uh, you know, the, the Spirit of God fell upon uh, the disciples, and they spoke in many languages, and, and the church just went out from that. It was an event where the will of God was revealed for the disciples. An event. Then you look at Paul, and he gets over towards uh, Macedonia, and you know, you can read in the book of Acts, he, he gets there and he's going to go this one direction. And at night he had a dream and it was a man from Macedonia saying, hey, come over here, help us, preach to us. So how did God deliver his will, his voice, to Paul? The apostle Paul, you know, you would think he just heard from God. It was a dream. And God used a, a man from Macedonia, how he was identified in the dream as a man from Macedonia, uh, no clues, but but uh, it does say a man from Macedonia. But he, you know, it was a dream, and God used some guy from Macedonia to deliver his will to Paul. So the voice of God. And then, then you've got the book of Psalms. Now, uh, just Psalm 19 alone is is uh, is a lifelong study. Uh, uh, and if you uh, take it upon yourself to, to study Psalm 19. It is a lifelong study. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display judgment. There's no speech or language where a word is not heard. And it, it goes on and on. What it tells us is that God is always speaking. His will's out there. His word is out there. We just got to hear it. And so I love to hear stories about people going out and, uh, I don't know, for this generation, it's communing with nature. Ooh, you know, I, I'm a 60s child, and so I know communing. And when they go out to nature and, and hear God, it's an awesome thing. So he reveals himself through nature. They actually speak. In fact, Jesus said to the Pharisees one time, uh, the, you know, on the triumphal entry, and Jesus and on the donkey, and they go in, and the disciples saying, Hosanna, here comes the king of David. Da, da. And, and the Pharisees said, hey, tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said, hey, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks will cry out. Interesting study by archaeologists, they feel that the rocks, rocks in general, uh, have a voice. You know, and, and I don't know the whole science, the neuro, whatever, but uh, I find it interesting that nature declares the voice of God, the things of God. So, for those who want the specific will of God, I would first encourage you to grasp the general will of God. And that's found in the Word of God. This is why we read it, and it tells us what to do and what not to do. They are not restrictions. They are commands that keep you safe in life. And like I said, 10 in the Old Testament, more than 900 
in the New Testament. Direct commands. Commands that say, be kind to one another. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't, you know, when you're in a good mood. It was a command. Forgive one another. In the Greek, it's a command. And so I went through the Old Testament and started underlining all the commands, you know, and, and then I said, oh, this is going to take too long, so I'll just go to, you can Google it, I suppose, uh, for those now to work the, the phones. Uh, uh, more than 900. Yeah, if I want to work a phone, I call my granddaughter. I don't know how to do it. So the will of God does seem to be elusive, yeah? It's the number one question that I got pastoring churches when people come in for counseling. It was the number one question concerning the will of God. I don't know if he wants me to take this job. I don't know if he wants me to marry this person. I don't know if I should move here. The specific will of God. So what we want to do is open to Ephesians. And in Ephesians chapter 5, we have a command. And I'll give you the command, and then we'll back up and see how we get to it. Because there's another command given in the Bible that preceding that command will be how to fulfill it in your life, how to obey it. Okay? So we'll read the command first. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, Verse 17, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Not a suggestion. It's a command. We're actually commanded to understand, not only know, but understand, put into effect the will of God. And yet, it's the number one question I, I, I consistently get within the church community. Now, whenever you read a therefore in the Bible, you just back up a few chapters, and it will explain how it got there. Because therefore means, because of all this that preceded, therefore, understand what the will of the Lord is. So if you go back in chapter 5, we have another therefore. So I'll start there. Chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So we're told to walk in love. And the summary of this, again, a command. Might as well underline it. It's not a suggestion. He's telling you. He's commanding you to walk in love. Well, how do you do that? Command, I need an explanation. I need to know how to do that. Easy to say, much more difficult to implement, and then to understand it. I'm a nuts and bolts kind of guy. I got to actually touch something to learn it. I just can't read it in a book. You know, I didn't do real well in school, you know, because books are involved. <laughs> so I'm more of an apprentice type of guy. I have to touch it, you know, to, to really understand it. So in uh, verses 14 to 21 is the summary of how to walk in love. Uh, and we'll get to it. So here's the general will of God. Uh, but fornication, all uncleanliness, covetousness, let it not be named you as among saints. Neither filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting, but rather giving of thanks. These are all the general will of God. This is giving us boundaries around our life to keep us safe. We read it. We know his will concerning these actions. 
It's the general will of God for our lives. And we need to make sure that we're within that safety net because it's within those boundaries that you then discover the specific will of God. It's like a huge chalkboard, you know, and, and, uh, and we outline it with the word of God. Here's my life. It's outlined. But I want this little dot here. Specific will of God. I want to get there. But the first step in getting there is to be walking in love or walking within the parameters of the general of God as revealed within his word. This is why it's so important that we do study his word and more than study, seek for ways to implement it, especially when it comes to commands. Now, I know you're, you guys are going to go back to wherever you go and, uh, and you're going to pick up your Bible and because I said it, now it's going to be in your brain and you're going to be reading through the New Testament. You're going to find all these commands. You'll be going, you'll be overwhelmed. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But there, it's a safety net. It's parameters to keep you safe so that you then can discover the specific will of God for your life. I've had people come to me and say, how do you do what you do? How did you do that? You know, the, the, all the things I'm involved with and all the places I've been. And how did, you know, and, and I tell them, There's, it's not my plan. I couldn't plan this. I couldn't sit down and, and write out a five-year whatever. And this is what I'm going to do. It all came about because I had simple, small steps of obedience on a daily basis. And so I ended up where I am today. Small, simple obedience. Nothing wrong with a five-year plan, but just submit it to God. And, you know, it's those daily activities that get you to where you will end up. It's not the dreams that you have or all these visions that you might have. It's your daily activities that ultimately get you to where you'll end up. You know, it's been said that a person is the sum total of the decisions they make in life. Decisions on a daily basis. So it's very important for us to have within our daily lives this general of God operating. He goes on to say, For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, covetous, idolater, has any inheritance. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. You know, this tells me that these things are a safety net. That if I keep these commands and, and, and walk in love, there's a specific way to do that. Rather than not walking in love, there's a specific way to do that. That I stay within the general will of God and I get to that point where he wants me to go, then when it comes time to, you know, who am I going to marry? I'll know. I'll know. It's interesting. When I first met Denise, I knew. It didn't take months or years. It took a matter of weeks. And ultimately, I, I think I married a stranger because we didn't know each other very well. <laughs> but I knew that I was supposed to marry her. It was one of those dots, very specific. And because I was walking within the general of God, that dot just was there, and I knew. What a risk she took. <laughs> yeah. 
But she knew too. How? How? How do we know that specific mark? Because at that time, we were walking in obedience to the general will of God. If you are not walking in obedience to the general will of God, then don't be asking for specifics because they will not come. Okay? So, verse 7, Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are children in the Lord, or you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. How do we walk? By the word of God. We're, we're given the general will of God in his word, so we use his word by which we know how to walk. We learn how to walk. You know, you don't just walk automatically. I, I take a lot of uh, learning, insight, watching children from birth to about their toddler years and how they, they learn things. Things aren't automatic. They're learned. They take time. They take patience, energy, a willingness to do it. You know? So well, walking in the Lord is, is something that's developed in your life. I don't know where you are in that. I don't know if you're crawling. I don't know if you're a toddler. I don't know if you're an Olympic runner by now. But it takes time to develop a, a walk in the Lord. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You'll find those things out as you walk within the general will of God. It says you will. It says finding out. And yet, I have people come in. <laughs> oh, can you pray for me, Mike? Why? Because I'm not sure about this, 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 and these. They're all specific things. And my first question is, how are you doing in the general things? You know, what's your prayer life like? How's your relationship with your wife or your friends? How's it going at work for you? You know, I, I look at the general stuff because I know that if the general stuff is in line and we are walking in it, that there will be no question for the specific. So I'm usually telling on myself <laughs> if I'm, you know, really, uh, if the specific will of God is elusive for me, then I need to look to see how my walk's going. Because it tells me that if I'm walking in the light, if I'm walking within the revealed will of God, the general will of God, that I will know what is acceptable to the Lord. I'll know whether to take the job or not, marry the person or not, move the place or not. God will reveal that to me. So, and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed. Uh, all things uh, that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Okay, let's get into specific. Therefore, he says. Now, Paul's writing this, and he's writing to a church. And his next statement, again, you can spend, you can write a book on this next statement. Because he says something, because of the context, that is wildly revealing. He says, awake you who sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. 
He's talking to the church. There's a song from my generation written by a name by Keith Green, and it's called Asleep in the Light. And by Paul's account here, the church at Ephesus, which by accounts in the book of Revelation was a, was a really moving, motivated, incredible church, and yet, yeah, they lost their first love. Uh, they were asleep in the light. Asleep in the light. Well, because of the context, this tells me that they were not up to date on the general role of God in their lives. Asleep in the light. It's a really good song. I, I wish I could had all the lyrics to it, but I don't. So, if you want to know the specific will of God, because the next verses from 14 to 17, you have another therefore. So this is going to tell us how to get to specifics. So we already know we've got to be within the general will of God. And in the general will of God here, it says, awake you who are asleep and arise. You know, so often I'm going, oh, God, just, just, you know, wake me up. Just, no, you awake, you arise. Ball's in your court. God's not going to make you do something. It's a willing choice. So you awake. You will rise to the things of God. And Christ will give you light. That's the result. You won't be in the dark in decisions. You'll have illumination. You will know. So first, awake and arise. Second, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. I, I'm not real educated on things, especially the English language. So I, <laughs> my wife says I have my own language, but we won't get into that. Walk circumspectly. I had to look this up in a dictionary, uh, a book dictionary. I didn't go in one. So it, it, it says carefully. So walk carefully. And I had to think about that in life. Do I walk carefully? Do, do I am I just headstrong and I just, doors open, I'm out there. You know? Do I pause and walk carefully? And uh, Ron Wiseman had given an example of this that was really funny. Uh, he's a, a, a marriage counselor, a sex therapist, and he said one time, listen, walk carefully. Uh, for those who are farmers, now, we got a couple of farmers in here. When you're walking through a cow patch where all your cows have been, you walk circumspectly. <laughs> because if you don't walk carefully through this cow patch, you just bolt out and run through it without considering anything. The fact that it's a cow patch, by the time you get to the other side, you will smell like that which you have walked through. Now, to avoid the smell in this life, you need to walk carefully. There's a lot of, uh, I can't say, uh, junk, doo-doo, <laughs> everywhere. 
uh, in the world today. So you want to make sure you walk carefully when you go out your door in the morning because uh, you're going out into a very large cow patch. And you need to be very careful that at the end of the day, you don't smell like the cow patch. And you, that can happen. You, your husbands can come home from work and just be in a foul mood. What's he doing? He's bringing the cow patch home. <laughs> now his wife smells it. She's sure in a mood. <laughs> Phew. It's easy to do. So that's the second thing. It says walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. And then verse 16, three. Third little thing here. It says, redeeming the time, and then it tells us why. Because the days are evil. I mean, how many of us look at a day like, oh, it's an evil day. And yet the scripture says the days are evil. They're full of it. It's often disguised. I get so mad. Every once in a while, I'll get a, see a commercial. Now, I, I don't have a TV where I can, you know, do that. But even on Netflix, they play commercials, which really bugs me because you're paying for it, and you're paying for them to play commercials. Anyway, that's besides the point. <sighs> even commercials, just some of them really get my blood. I'm yelling at the TV. <laughs> you know? How could they say such a thing? You know, or, 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 or I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll be in Menards, I'll pick up something, and it says, oh, it's a lifetime warranty. And I go, oh, how can they say that? It's for the lifetime of the company. Because if the company goes under, so I'm, I'm saying advertisement, it's unfair, it's, it's deceitful. They want you to buy it based on lifetime warranty. You know, and then the company goes under next week, and you're stuck with this moppy thing, you know, that, that you can't get a new head for. Jeez. So, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I, I looked up redeeming. It means to buy back. Interesting that everybody has the same amount of time every day, and yet, some people get a whole lot more done than others. You know, I, I got a friend, he speaks nine languages. He, that means he reads and writes them all because they don't count them unless you can read or write a language. So he speaks nine languages. He's, you know, he's just, I have another friend who has two master's degrees before she was 30 years old and, and is the CFO for a large uh, Fortune 500 company uh, as a young lady. And she was married and had kids all at the same time. I go, how'd you do that? <laughs> you know? uh, the fact of the matter is everybody has the exact down to the nanosecond amount of time. But some are better at redeeming the time. This is called time management. What are you willing to give up to get a little more time? You know, sleep's a big deal, but some people will actually get up early in the morning to go do something. You know, watch the sunrise. What are they doing? They're redeeming the time because they're getting up early where they could be sleeping. And they're going out to watch a sunrise that's going to minister to them. 
See, they bought it. They buy back that time. So what are you willing to give up, you know, uh, in order to get the time that you need to further yourself in the will of God? Uh, that's up to you. Redeeming the time. Again, it's not a suggestion. All these things are command. In the Greek, it's emphatic. It's a command. So we already have one, two, three, four commands right off the bat. And then it says in verse 17, Therefore, because of these things, awake and arise, walk carefully, redeem the time. Therefore, because of those things, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That comes as a therefore. So it's the result of those three things. And it's actually a result of walking within the general will of God to get to those three things. And then implementing those three things in my life so that I find that I end up at that little spot. There is a scripture in the book of James that says this. The steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Well, what does that mean? It means no matter what direction you're going to take in life, as long as you are moving forward, that God will get you to the exact spot he wants you. Now, the right route might be different, difficult, or straightforward. A lot of that depends on you. But the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Ordered. When God orders something, it really cannot be changed. So you will end up exactly where God wants you. The route is the question. It could be a little bit more difficult than uh, you would want, or it could be a little easier than you expect. But again, it's a command that we would understand what the will of the Lord is. Uh, I'm not going to get into the rest of the chapter because it's a whole, it's a whole, well, uh, okay, a little bit. I got to watch my time. Uh, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. It doesn't say do not drink for those that are going to throw this in my face. Say, oh, look, you can't drink wine. It just simply says don't be excessive. That's what being drunk is. Excessive. And it would be excessive in anything. So don't be drunk when, uh, with wine in which is dispensation or excess. But be filled with the Spirit. A command. It's a command to be filled with the Spirit. It's not a question. It's not a theological debate. It's simply a command. And I've had someone ask me directly, well, how do you get, how do you be filled with the Spirit? How's that happen? It's a command. How's it fulfilled my life? I said, ask. Because Jesus said, hey, Father doesn't give uh, a serpent to his child that asks for fish or, you know, a rock to him who asks for a stone. But he gives good gifts to those, his children who ask for them. Well, how do I get filled with spirit? Simply ask. God, familiar spirit. That's it. You ask. Ball's in your court. The command's there. You know, and, and then the question is, well, is that a one-time thing, a multiple thing, a daily thing? Well, the scripture reveals to us that we are poured out daily. 
on this world. And since it indicates that our lives are poured out in this world in, in a multifaceted way on a daily basis, that would then engage your brain to tell you that you need a refill. So it's not something I ask once in a lifetime. It's something I'm pursuing each day. Lord, fill me today. Help me to walk in your way. Because yesterday's done. It's interesting that concerning his mercy, it says that his mercy is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Well, why isn't it a one-time deal? Because life necessitates daily mercy. Life necessitates a daily filling, a daily touch, daily encouragement. And speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts, O Lord. How do I know that I'm filled with the Spirit? Verses 19 through 21 is the answer to that. How do I know I'm full of the Spirit? It, it, it says, but be filled with the Spirit, and then it continues speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your hearts, and your Lord. You have an overflowing joy that's coming out of your life. And what's in your heart ultimately comes out of your mouth. The scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if I want to know what a generation, what's in the heart of a generation, I read your music lyrics. Yeah, I've read the music lyrics to this current generation. It's a little scary. And I, I, I don't go to the AMA, you know, the, the Christian lyric songs. I go to non-believer songs, and I read through the lyrics to understand what's in the heart of this generation's non-believers. It's scary. Giving thanks always for all things. This is the result of being filled with the Spirit. To God our Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God, a result of being filled with the Spirit. These are things we want, but they're things we need to incorporate into our lives. So, if you're this morning a little, uh, if, if the will of God is, is a little difficult or elusive or not specific enough for you or you have some questions, I would encourage you simply go to the scriptures and begin to incorporate on a daily basis the general will of God that keeps you in the safe zone. And the specific will of God will be a result. You'll get there. God promises that. And there'll be no question. Good morning, and God bless you. a great word, huh? You know, the worship team come back up. Just want to give you a chance that if, if you've struggled or been struggling with the general will of God or any of the, the three elements that Mike pointed out um, this morning, just give someone a chance to pray for you. Usually the best way to do that is come up here or, or find Michael or I'll be over here. 
um, and there's several other people around that are happy to jump in and pray, but often, like Mike said, God is declaring his will to us, and we're missing it because we're not in line in other areas of our lives that would allow us to hear from him. If we get those areas straightened out, the hearing becomes much easier, and his voice becomes far clearer. So first things first, let's get the first things in order and then watch as his will rolls out in front of us. So just if there's something that the Lord raised in your heart, deal with it before you leave today.